Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. So today we begin a new series. It's entitled Here and Now, and it's going to be about the kingdom of God. When Jesus walked the earth, the very first declaration that he would always say is, Behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. So this uh, following weeks, we're going to be talking about that, the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? Is it a reality today? So that's what we're going to be talking about. And hopefully uh, through this series, we will understand and what we understand, it will affect the way we view life, how we live life, and how it is purpose for us to live this life in Christ. All right? So let's just go ahead and pray one more time. I know we do a lot of prayer, but that's good. That's a sign of humility. Just like what uh, Terry said. Let him move. It's just got to get out of the way. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you already ministered today. Thank you that you've already done, Father, the things that we cannot do, but it's only you that you can do it. So, Father, have your way one more time as we deliver the word, as we give the word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what is the kingdom of God? Today, we're going to talk about one parable, and it is found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 33. Uh, it says here, let me just go ahead and read. It says, another parable he, he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Then another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which, is a, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was, till it was all leavened. So leaven, leaven. Leaven? Leaven, okay. Not 12, but leaven. Okay. Okay, got your attention now. Pardon my, uh, my, uh, my foreign language, okay? <laughs> English is not my first language, so pardon my, my, uh, my, my foreign language. <laughs> Anyway, so a parable. So in this, uh, for example, in this parable, if, you're, if you've um, known or if you've uh, been reading your Bible, you know that Jesus loved to use parable. A parable is really a, just a short story. Uh, a short story, and I put it this way, it is an earthly story to convey a spiritual truth. It's just the way that Jesus uses the wisdom of God to take a profound truth, a, prof uh, a spiritual profound truth, and he would explain it in a way that we can really relate to. That's just, how, that's just how Jesus does it. And that's what a parable is, a very short story. So in this parable that we just read, it talks about how a, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It says here that the mustard seed is the smallest. It is the smallest among the other, it is the smallest among the herbs of the garden. But when it grows, it says that it grows to become a tree. It, it becomes one of the greater or greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. So, so from this parable, we see that, that the kingdom of God may start insignificant, but it will grow to be great. It would grow to be significant. Amen? But what we do not see in this parable really is what really is the kingdom of God. So just to introduce this series, I want to talk about that. So what really is the kingdom of God? Bring back that uh, slide that says, what is the kingdom of God? And to cut everything short, here, here's one from Sinclair. Go ahead and show that praise. 
or his uh, statement. This is coming from Sinclair Ferguson. And this is, uh, this is what it says, or this is what he says. The kingdom of God is a kingdom where God's appointed king, Jesus, is presently reigning in and through the lives of his people, accomplishing his will on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of God is not necessarily location or geography, but as it says here, it is about the people. It's when the appointed king, Jesus, reigns in the lives of people, and, it, and, it is, and it's accomplishing his will on earth, and it's accomplishing his will on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of God is those that have received him and allowing him, okay, that allows him to reign in their life. So if you have done that, then you are the kingdom of God. So who here is the kingdom of God? Okay, one more time. Who here is the kingdom of God? Okay, we're all the kingdom of God. If we're believers, then we are the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God can move from Guam to anywhere else. Amen? It's not... It's not limited to a location, but it is in the, in the lives of people. When you allow Jesus to reign in and through your lives, then the kingdom of God is in you. Amen? So the next thing that we need to establish as we go through this series is, the next question is, so is this a present reality or a future hope? Well, it's really both. It is here now, and there's going to be a future of this. John Piper says it this way. I know a lot of you have heard that a lot of you loves to listen to John Piper. So let's pull out John Piper. John Piper says it this way. Many of its blessings, many of the blessings of the kingdom are here to enjoy now. But many of them are not yet here. Some of its power is available now, but not all of it. Some of the curses and misery of this old age can be overcome now by the presence of the kingdom but some of it cannot be. The decisive battle against sin, Satan, sickness, and death has been fought and won by the king in his death, resurrection, but the war is not yet over because our enemy does not want to submit to his defeat. That's why we're still fighting a war. Sin must be fought, Satan must be resisted, sickness must be prayed over and groaned under, and death must be endured until the second coming of the king and then the consummation of the kingdom happens. So yes, when Jesus came, that's his declaration. The kingdom of God is here. When he died and he resurrected, he said, I will give you another, which is the Holy Spirit. And really, it's through the Holy Spirit that the kingdom of God continues in our lives. So yes, the kingdom of God is presently in us. It's presently here. But the fullness of the kingdom of God happens on the second coming of God. So just like what John Piper said, we have many blessings that we, are, that, we can, that we have now, but the fullness of the blessing really comes up there in heaven. I mean, we, uh, we know we're, we're still going to suffer death, physical death. This body will still decay. I know how much we love our body, and hopefully it does not. So as, far, as much as you want to get your original weight down, uh, to get Back to your original weight, I don't think you can never get to eight ounces or eight pounds, okay? So stop trying. <laughs> but yet, this physical body would die, but because we're already born again in the spirit, our spirit will go on living in eternity. So that's the fullness of the kingdom of God. So that's what uh, John Piper was saying, that yes, it is presently here, but yet 
it is also partly the future. That's what it is. We're living, we're living in, it's almost like we're living in a, uh, in a future zone in the present, or we're living in a present zone in the future, something like that. Amen? So that's what it is. So yes, the kingdom of God is when, G, when you allow Jesus to reign in your life, when you allow him to establish his will in you, through you, that's the kingdom of God. And it's happening now, and, it, and, the, and the fullness of it will happen when, the, when Jesus comes back again for his children. Amen? <clears throat> then again, then what then really is the kingdom of God? Then how, or the, the other question is, then how does Jesus reign in our life? Amen? What is the kingdom of God about? And this is where I really want to focus in. So what is the kingdom of God, the, uh, what is the kingdom of God about? If you're like my age and you got saved around my age, you've probably heard of Ron Kinoli and his, and his song about the kingdom of God. Anybody know that? Yeah, somebody's raising their hand. I know they don't want to raise it because it tells you how old you are. But what is the kingdom of God about? The kingdom of God is about what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, brother. Yeah, go ahead and show that verse. And that's coming out of Romans chapter 14. Verse 17. That really is what the kingdom of God is all about. Notice that Paul begins by saying, For the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. Coming from chapter 14, you read that chapter, the church was going through arguments of what to eat and what not to eat. Are we supposed to eat this? Are we supposed to drink this? Are we, are we allowed this? Are we allowed that? And Paul says, Guys, the kingdom of God is not about what you should or should not eat, what you should or should not drink. But it's far more than that. It, about, it is about Jesus reigning in righteousness in your life. It's about him reigning in peace in your life. And it's about him reigning in joy in your life. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's about having the righteousness of Jesus, having the peace of Jesus, and having the joy of Jesus in your life and allowing that to reign in your life. That's what Paul was saying. That is what the kingdom of God is all about. It's not about you restricting yourself to certain food. Um, I'm thinking, oh, didn't, didn't the Bible say that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So probably I shouldn't eat or drink. Okay, be wise, on, be wise regarding that. All right, be wise. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So be wise. I'm not going to touch that. All right? Uh, I don't believe in diet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to say it. I don't believe in diet. <laughs> uh, now, where was I? <laughs> now, looking back, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So does this mean that to, to, for Jesus to reign in us, we must live in righteousness? That we need to produce righteousness? We must live in peace? We must live in joy? Is it something that we have to produce ourselves? Well, no. I mean, God already ministered earlier through Terry. Uh, Terry brought that word that if many of us are trying and God is saying what? Step aside. Let me do it. I got a similar word uh, a few years back when God told me, you know, I can do more with less of you. That's what he told me. I can do more with less of you. So what did I do? I relaxed. I rested. Lord, if you can do more with less of me, then okay, then I will do exactly that. I will rest. Every time you ask me to do something, then I will wait 
and I will rest, I will be in prayer, and I will wait for you to tell me how, how to do it and what to do. Most of the times when I, when, most of the times in the word, that's what I do. I don't really try to produce the word. Most of the times I try, I, what I do is I meditate and I wait on the Lord. I, uh, there are times that I would actually watch movies on Saturday because I cannot get anything, just to remove anything. And that's what, because God said I can do much more with less of you. So going back to righteousness, so does that mean that we have to produce our own righteousness? If we do, if we try to, and we present ourselves to God with that whatever righteousness you think you have come up with, Isaiah would still say to us that your righteousness is but a filthy rag. The righteousness of man is but a filthy rag. So what kind of righteousness was Paul talking about? In the book of, same book, Romans 5, 17, he says this. It says, for if by one man's offense, that reign, hear that word, reign. The kingdom of God is about Jesus reigning in and through the lives of his people, establishing his will on earth as it is in heaven, reigning. When Jesus is reigning in our lives, then the kingdom of God is in our lives. Amen? So Romans 5, 17, it says, for if, the, if by one man's offense, that reigned through that one man, that's Adam, much more those who receive. says so much more is what an uh, English teacher. Is that a, uh, is, a, is that a double superlative or a superlative word? says so much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to reign in our lives, but it's not the way we're thinking. It's not us trying to produce righteousness. It's not us trying to produce holiness. But once, what he wants us to do is that he wants us to receive the abundance of grace. We just did the series of grace changes everything. What is grace? The, uh, the favor of God. The undeserved, what? Unmerited. What's the last word? Okay, the favor of God. Grace is up there. So he says to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift, church. It is a gift. What do you do with a gift? You receive it. You don't try to pay for a gift. It dishonors the person giving the gift when you try to pay for a gift. Isn't it not? I know the Asian culture probably it's not like that. But in reality, that's what happens. When you try to pay up a gift, it really is dishonoring. Amen? Go ahead and show the next slide. <clears throat> Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. And says, And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That church is how we stand before God. It's a righteousness by faith. It's not trying to bring our... Bring our own righteousness to God. Amen? So that's righteousness. How about peace and joy? Let's go ahead. Next verse. Courtesy of my life group leader. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Church, when Jesus told his disciple this, he was about to leave. But he said, my peace I give to you. He didn't say, a peace I give to you. He didn't say, I will allow peace to happen to you. He said, no, no, no. My peace. 
The very peace that I have when I walk this earth, the very peace that I have when I walk to the cross, the very peace that I have when I hung on the cross, that peace, was, that's what Jesus was saying. The peace that I have is what I give to you. Amen? It's not the peace that the world gives, but it's really the peace that Jesus had, the peace that he had when he walked. You know, Jesus was never in a hurry. If you read to the, if you read to the gospel, Jesus was never in a hurry. Lazarus died. He said, let's wait four more days. You know, he got there. Oh, it's okay. There was a storm. He was sleeping. Jesus was never in a hurry. He was always at peace. Regardless of what was going on, Jesus was always at peace. The peace that he that talks about in the Bible is the peace that surpasses all understanding. When everything in the natural seems to fall and fail and crumbling down, that's the kind of peace that Jesus said, this is the peace that I give to you. It's not you trying to produce a peace. And then the joy that he talks about is the same, coming from the same book of John. It says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. Church, you see, the way Paul describes the characteristics of the kingdom of God, it's about the righteousness of Christ, the peace of Christ, and the joy of Christ. All of it. And what do we do? We receive it. Really what, uh, I mean, really God already ministered to us this morning. It's, it's so amazing. It's like this is so much easier just to say this. Just, just allow God to do it. Would you allow me to do it? Would, would you allow me to give it to you? Would you receive it? I can almost sense that that's what God is saying right now. Would you allow me to give it to you? Will you receive it? Amen? So that is the kingdom of God. It's when the very nature of Jesus reigns in our life. I really believe it is much more easier. Amen? So to be part of the kingdom is when we allow Jesus himself to reign in our lives. That's what it is. It's to be part of, that, it's to be part of the kingdom of God. Another word that's associated with the kingdom of God is to be a citizen of heaven. You might be thinking, why, why do I keep mentioning, I forgot to say, why do I keep mention, mentioning the kingdom of God, but yet we're looking at the word, it's, and it's the kingdom of heaven. They're one, one of the same, okay? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Matthew uses the kingdom of God, and I think Mark uses the kingdom of heaven, and so does Luke. But they're one of the same. So to be part of the kingdom of God is really to become a citizen of heaven. I'll give you an illustration. All right, go ahead. Philippians chapter 3.20. Uh, Philippians chapter 3.20. Let me read it. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a U.S. passport. What does this tell us? When you have a passport, I know not all of us are U.S. citizens, but when you have a passport, what is that? It is a document proving that what? You are a citizen of a certain country. Amen? Not all of us, uh, I know not all of us are U.S. citizens, but since we're, we're on Guam, we'll use the US, uh, uh, the U.S. passport. When you are a citizen of a country, you pledge your loyalty to that country, correct? And in exchange, that country will protect you. For the United States, you are protected by the U.S. government until the, under the Bill of Rights and under the Constitution. That's what it is. We have certain rights. We have certain privileges. We have certain duty. Okay, you have to pay your taxes. You do your uh, uh, jury and and so on and so forth. 
But that's what it is. When you're, you're, when you're a citizen of a country, you pledge your loyalty to a country. That, that blue document right there allows you access to other country. In fact, it says in your passport that if this person, it, this, the, the Department of State says to whomever this person appears before, it, it, uh, I was reading it, it says that uh, if in case you get into trouble, please allow assistance or aid to this person holding this passport. That's what it says. Do you know that? That your government, your government, your U.S. government will protect you. If you find yourself in trouble in another country, do you know what your U.S. government will do? They will go and use all of their powers and resources to get you back out. An example was uh, most of you uh, who are Filipinos, you know what happened in 2013 when Typhoon uh, Haiyan, the international name, but in the Philippines it was called Typhoon Yolanda. You guys remember that? Typhoon Yolanda was a category five uh, typhoon that, that went to Southeast Asia, but it hit the Philippines right smack at Tacloban and, and I think Samar Iloilo, that area, central and southern Philippines. And it brought so much devastation to that place. You guys remember that? But during that time, there were U.S. citizens that were living there. There were U.S. citizens living in the Philippines. If that surprised you, uh, hopefully it doesn't. There's a lot of U.S. citizens living in the Philippines. But did you know what the U.S. government did? The U.S. government mobilized the military, brought in their C-130 aircraft, and rescued first and foremost before they even... Even before they gave aid to the Philippines, they first took out their citizens. They rescued their citizens out of Tacloban and out of that devastated area, and I think they flew them back to Manila. Because at the same time, we were coming to Philippines, and there was such a traffic jam at the airport, and we heard from the, the taxi driver, oh, it's because of the Americans. The Americans are here. Oh, no, World War II again, no. So it's, the Americans were there. They were flying out the U.S. citizens that, was, that were in Tacloban, and they were flying them back out to Manila and, and getting them out of the Philippines. Church in the natural, that's what you are when you're a citizen of a country. Well, America, yes, I'm not sure about any other country. If you're, part of, if you're an American citizen and you find yourself in trouble in another country, your country will use its resources to get you out of that. That's what it is. And that's, and that's the U.S. government. Now, go ahead and show the next verse. This is coming from Ephesians chapter 1, 13, 14. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and, a, and as a result, believe in him, were stamped with the seal of the promise, Holy Spirit, the one promised by, by Christ, as owned and protected by God. If the U.S. government would spend its entire resources to get you out of a, a, a troubled place, what do you think your God would do if you are a citizen of heaven? Church, God has the resources of the entire world and the entire heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? If the U.S. government will take the military, send it over to that place, what do you think your God would do? We just talked about it. We were just seeing it uh, earlier. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not our battle. It's the Lord's battle. So you can relax. You can sit back and watch from your widescreen and surround sound how God does the battle. Hopefully we can. 
One day, I think I want to ask God for that, with that request, God, can I see how it all happened in a widescreen and surround sound, how the battle happened at the cross? See, church, that's what, since we have been sealed, if you are a citizen of heaven, if you have received Jesus Christ, then you have been stamped with a seal, a stamp with the seal of the Holy Spirit, and it says that the Spirit is a guarantee it is an installment, a pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance. I was talking about earlier how the, the kingdom of God is presently here, but yet the fullness is still in heaven. But so that you would be convinced that you are part of the kingdom of God, God sent the Holy Spirit to continue the kingdom of God. And he is the guarantee. He is the pledge. He is the down payment. He's the installment. It, it's through the Holy Spirit. It says that you can get a foretaste of what the kingdom of God looks like up there. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you a foretaste through the giftings, through the moving of the Holy Spirit. He gives you a foretaste of what the fullness of the kingdom of God can be and will be. And you've been sealed by it. Amen? It's a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchased possession is believers to the praise of his glory. Amen? Isn't that amazing? It's like when I saw this, wow, God, you would do that. You would send your entire resources to get me out of my trouble. And church, he's already done it. He sent his one and only son to get you out. Because as we were talking about righteousness, if you were to come to God out of your own righteousness, it is but a filthy rag. Since man couldn't do it, God made a way so that you can come to him. And it came through the cross, and it came through Jesus. It came through his own righteousness. It came through his own peace and his own joy, so that you can become part of the kingdom of God, so that you can become a citizen of heaven. And all you have to do is receive it. It's already done for you. Amen? Let's close. You know, our time here on earth is relatively short compared to eternity. And that's why in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that we are, we, are, we are to live here on earth as though we are strangers in a land that is not our own. But what we should always do is look forward to our inheritance and to look forward to the fullness of the kingdom of God. Amen? So with this last question... Having known that you are owned by God, God has already given you a foretaste through the Holy Spirit, and that righteousness, peace, and joy is what can reign in your life. Here's my last question. Go ahead. Do you want to be part of the kingdom of God? I cannot miss that. Ron Kinoli has to, Ron Kinoli sang that. Don't you want to be part of the kingdom? Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Let's just go ahead and bow our heads. Close our eyes. One thing that I did not mention earlier is that if you are a U.S. citizen and you are born in a U.S. soil or a U.S. territory, you are automatically, or your parents are U.S. citizen, you are automatically become a citizen of that country. But not so with the citizen of heaven. We were not automatically a child of God. We were born into this fallen world. It is the world system that we know the value of this world is what we practice. But God promised us that we can be a citizen of heaven if 
or by becoming born again. It's to be born again. And to be born again really is, uh, is coming from John 3.3. 3. It's really just to receive what Christ has already done. So before I close, I just want to give this opportunity. If you're here today and you have not done that, you, have, you, you know for sure that you are not part of the kingdom of God. You know for sure that Jesus is not reigning in your life. I don't want to leave today and pray and close this without, without giving you an opportunity. So if that's you, I want to pray for you. So is there anybody here? And if that's you, you can just go ahead and just raise your hand so I know that I will be praying for you. Anybody here? I see that one hand. Anybody else? I see that other hand. I see another hand over here, yes. Anybody else? I see another hand, yes. I see that hand. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Just pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you that through Jesus Christ and what he did in the cross, I can be part of the kingdom of God. Father, I receive that forgiveness today. I receive that abundance of grace today. I receive that gift of righteousness today. And now in your own word, in the quietness of your heart, just tell God, Lord, I thank you for receiving me as a child of God today. Just do that on your own. I release everything, Father, that been, I've been holding back on. And Lord, thank you that you would move the heavens, that you would allow your very son, the one that you love, to die on the cross so that I can be with you in heaven. So Lord, I receive you and I receive your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. If you pray that prayer with me, what I want you to do is if you can find your way to the to the right table, the one, the, that banner that says one-to-one. -one. And we want to give you um, a gift. It's called one-to-one. -one, and it is a booklet that will help you understand and will help you develop this relationship with God. Amen? So somebody's going to be there. And another thing is you can begin to read the book of John. All right? All right? So <laughs> I had something else in my mind. I'm sorry. So let's just go ahead and pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you. Father, you told us the, 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 that your hands are always out to bless us. Father, bless us, be with us, protect us. May your face shine upon us, be gracious to us, and may we always walk in peace and joy and in your righteousness. So protect us as we leave and we go, and may our week be always be filled with you and you alone. Amen, 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 amen. Here this Miss Church.